Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the FT Advisor podcast. I'm Damien Fantato, digital editor of FT Advisor. And once again, this is a socially distanced version of our podcast. I'm currently in my flat in southwest London, and I'm joined by Adam Owen, president of the Personal Finance Society and director of Next Gen Planners. Hello, Adam. Where are you? Hello, Damien. Nice to socially distance meet you today. Um, I'm at home currently in my um, office slash studio slash bedroom, and um, the weather's fine and looking forward to a great conversation. Excellent. Uh, and our other guest is Alistair Walker, a chartered financial planner at Hanford, Aitkenhead and Walker. And Alistair, where are you? Uh, so I'm in my uh, my office at home, which has been an office at home for a good few years as I've been working from home at least one day a week uh, uh, for, for as long as I can remember. Great. Uh, so obviously the FT building is currently closed, so we're not recording this from our lovely studio. So please bear with us on the sound quality. We're learning how this works very much on the job. Another bit of housekeeping is that if you have any questions, feedback, or thoughts, can you email them to ftadvisor.podcast at ft.com? And please rate us and follow us wherever you listen to this if you like what you're hearing. So to business. Advisors, like many other professions, have been working from home now for the past few weeks and will gradually be getting used to their new surroundings and new ways of working. So rather than discuss how advisors should go about this specifically, we're going to focus on the opportunities this can bring. So Adam, what opportunities do you think this does bring uh, now that advisors have to uh, spend more time working from home? I think it, it certainly does bring opportunity, Damien. I think that one of the key aspects from my point of view is that it's about the time when we actually are ready to implement that opportunity. Maybe that's something um, that we'll get to later on. But um, I think that what we have all everybody has been afforded is a period of enforced reflection. So opportunities to think about um, the business that we run, opportunities to think about the value that we deliver, opportunities to think about um, others as well as ourselves. Um, And I think also, really importantly, um, an opportunity to maybe reset the kindness button um, you know, one thing that has really begun to struck me or strike me over the last couple of days is that um, the coronavirus really doesn't care whether somebody is independent, restricted, charges fixed fee, charges percentage fee, all of the, the things that we can get as a profession very wrapped up in. Ultimately, we are one single profession and maybe there's an opportunity for us to unite I think Adam makes a, a, a really valid point. You know, there's a there is definitely a split in how people are thinking uh, on this. Uh, we had a board discussion uh, last week, so I've had an interesting social distancing experience so far because our um, both our young children were quite ill a couple of weeks ago, uh, non-coronavirus, I should add, and then I was also ill last week non-coronavirus again with a bout of laryngitis so um, I've kind of had my head out of the business world for a couple of weeks Um, and so we had a discussion at the start of this week and we said do we treat this as potentially a six-month hibernation for the business and do we do um, you know kind of batten down the hatches do the minimum possible uh, etc or do we say this is actually an opportunity 
and make some changes to the website to make it really clear that we're on board with video conferencing and ready to go and here for you in these uncertain times. Um, and we decided on the latter, but I can, I can sympathise with businesses that decide on the former and just say, look, let's just try and survive the next six months and try and go back to business as usual after that. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. And from a from a proposition point of view, um, Adam, what do you think are the are the key things that um, uh, are the key things that the advisors should think about or bear in mind? I think right now, um, once advisors have looked at their their own business and once they've they've recognised all of the challenges that individually from a business point of view um, they need to satisfy because businesses need to be sustainable and uh, and that's really important. Uh, but once they've done that. It's really then about thinking um, in as much as possible about the client and what the client's mindset might be, because we'll all go through this particular journey. And, um, you know, if we think about a, a Maslow's hierarchy of needs style pyramid, um, that model tells us that ultimately we first of all look at um, subsistence and safety. And we, we saw that in the population. You know, we saw that um, when first under threat, people um, forget about the things that they're doing and concentrate first of all on, do I have enough food? You know, have I got toilet paper? And all of those things. And so we saw those behaviors right the way across society. And that's the same in firms. You know, In your firm, it will be a case of, okay, do we have the tools to do the job now that the job has been significantly changed in the short term? You know, then people will look at income levels and sustainability from that perspective. And then they'll look for love and belonging. They'll look to be part of a team. Everybody's relocated to home offices, um, home studios, the garage, whatever it might be, the shed in some cases. Um, and instantly, first of all, there's there's a novelty about it, of course, isn't there? You know, I've, I've seen people posting that they're working for an ironing board and all sorts of great stuff. But that novelty soon wears off. And very quickly, we begin to crave human contact and we begin to reach out to our colleagues and a lot of organizations will be doing that. But then we need to reach out to our clients. And I, I put it in that order um, because it's a, a little like when you get on a plane on a flight and they do the safety um, announcements don't they um, they always say make sure you've got your um, oxygen mask on first before helping others and i think that that's really important so in terms of what advisors and planners should be doing right now get your oxygen mask on first because you'll be able to do a much better job with your clients and for your clients if you've done that but then once you've achieved that then everything that you do should be focused entirely on where your clients are on that journey do they have their subsistence sorted? Do they then have their safety organized? What's their job security like or their business security? What things have been put in place? Um, and then are they able to um, form or be part of a community? So one of the really important things that um, I think that financial planners can do is that they can begin to create a sense of community with and for their clients. And it doesn't have to be a community about let's talk about your financial planning. It can be a community to just bring people together, um, hosting things like Q&As or just fireside style chats online where a number of clients can come and just share some of their views um, with each other, not looking at their own specific financial planning um, situation or needs, but just to be able to do that. And I've seen some planners already doing that, launching virtual pubs for small businesses and SMEs in their area, many of whom are their clients. And so I think then it progresses beyond that. But I, it's maybe worth um, just asking Alistair um, his views as well along this before I um, rabbit on any further. 
Mm, indeed, Alistair. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think that's a really good point. Definitely uh, look after yourself first. I can resonate with that. As I said, you know, I had a pretty tumultuous start to this um to this situation and you know i i spent the first week in a state of panic and i'd have been no good to, <laughs> no good to any of our, my clients at that point um so you know having put myself on a news diet and uh you know and, and avoiding the 24-hour rolling news flow which I, I would recommend to anybody if they want to tend to their own mental well-being um I think the sense of community for advisors is is really important and and for clients we've been doing um fairly regular uh, kind of newsletter updates with clients uh to, to to give you some background our um our clients tend to be either approaching or in kind of early to mid retirement so they're first of all they lived through a few of these kind of issues before and tend to be fairly sanguine about it. And secondly, the financial planning, uh, this is a great test of financial planning because the financial planning is robust enough that we're not getting calls saying, oh my gosh, it's all gone horribly wrong. Shall I, you know, shall I sell everything? Because we know the plan works to 30 years, you know, whereas this crisis may work to one, two or three years. So that that side of things works, works um, pretty well. But yeah, community, very important getting the feeling of uh, of still being in touch. I mentioned to you, Damien, before we started, uh, you know, the team has an 11 o'clock daily, uh, my, my team, that is, has an 11 o'clock daily meeting uh, via web conference. So we all just sit down and have a natter. It's not a business meeting. It's just a, how's everyone getting on? It's trying to emulate sitting around with a cup of coffee at the office. I guess the um, important thing is also the tone of of, of how you um, communicate as well, because if there's one thing that's liable to get people panicking, it's telling people not to panic when uh, when they suddenly call, suddenly getting a phone call from their financial advisor telling them not to panic. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. I think uh, I think checking in with people has been incredibly well received with clients and you know we we all have a common enemy at the moment I, i've never seen humanity so singularly uh geared up against something external and and it gives a, a, a it's, it's a great conversation point for anybody as i'm sure you'll both have uh, both have noticed I think also, yeah, and I'm, I definitely echo what Alistair would say there, but I think also that um, oftentimes we feel that we have to be doing something and that might not suit every client. So contacting every client in the same way on a blanket basis is, um, is clearly not the way to approach this. I think that um, being available is really important, um, but sometimes less is more. And, you know, you can make yourself available for you know, a couple of hours a week online and allow clients to come to you. It's about sometimes people knowing that you are there if they need you and to be present without being too forceful. And for me, I think that's quite important. But then with the messaging, you know, we, we just have to look at the government messaging, which is very clear. Things are messaged in threes and um, things are repeated regularly. And, you know, to find your own firm's version of simple three-stage messaging in terms of what clients can keep hold of and work through throughout their their time through this period, then I think that can really help as well. Now, that messaging will be different for different firms, um, but ultimately, the, the process 
that we see government go through in terms of messaging to the population, firms can mirror that themselves. Is that also about finding a niche as well, do you think, Adam? I think, yeah, that's why I'm, you know, I'm not sort of jumping in to suggest what a message might be, because, of course, so many firms will have a niche. And so, you know, it has to be correct and resonate with your particular client focus. Um, but, yeah, you know, that sort of stay at home, protect the NHS piece that the government do um, is really simple. And we can we can keep it in mind and we can remember it and people repeat it to each other and people repeat it in social media. We can replicate that with our clients by finding the simple message that is within our niche um, that gives them a, a mantra to help them in those moments where actually they do have huge uncertainty. And so if you can create that for your clients, I think that will really help them through this. It's definitely a key consideration for us uh, as you say you know sending out a message that says don't panic is uh, is a brilliant way to get people to think about panicking <laughs> um, you know we 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 are making ourselves available uh, to clients uh, we have had some discussions my, my, my favorite was a call actually early on in, in in things and i i sort of launched into a discussion about you know the time scale as i've said already you know we, we plan for 30 years this is going to be a year uh you know there's the, there's really nothing to worry about in the long term we've stress tested your financial planning left right and center um and the guy said oh, i wasn't actually ringing you about that <laughs> <laughs> so there is a danger to assuming that that's what everybody uh you know what, what what everybody needs at that time and i think understanding our um understanding our clients and understanding you know the kind of the discussions that we have with them year on year and, and month on month and understanding which clients do need that reassurance and being able to proactively contact them has been very helpful as well and, and Alistair, how how do you think your your firm will be different once we get to the end of this period? Not just in terms of whether you use video conferencing more or less, but sort of more more broadly. Isn't that the million dollar question? Uh, I've heard views ranging from this is going to be a work at home revolution you know the world is going to be working at home from now on we can all save money and time commuting to uh well as soon as the pandemic threat is over we're all just going to go back to normal and as usual i think i think generally we'll fall somewhere in the middle but specifically to our firm what 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 have we learned well certainly that we're less tied to the office than we thought we were and as i mentioned earlier on the the the, the financial planners in our business have been uh, working from home and flexibly we've, we've had sort of one day a week at home diaried in uh, each for years uh, but the idea that our administrators and and power planners might also have that flexibility just had never been considered before so we will definitely take that on board will that result in everybody working from home going forward i don't think so but knowing that everybody can and has the option to if they want to or need to uh, that i think is going to be the biggest change as for client contact i think the or, or, or with clients specifically i think the big thing that we're all wrestling with is what is the value to face to face so uh, to give a, a a different example uh, of a friend who's a yoga teacher you know, all of a sudden she can't run yoga classes. And so she is now running video yoga classes. What is a video yoga class worth compared to a face-to-face -face yoga class? And likewise, how much 
importance do clients face on that and particularly that initial face-to-face -face contact well that's an, a question i think we're going to find the answer to in the next few months mm -hmm. adam what do you think yeah, I just think to pick up on Alistair's point there, um, I run training courses for um, exam qualifications. And so we've been um, running over the last three weeks through all of those courses online rather than face-to-face. -face. And it's interesting that the, the feedback that we're getting is the course itself is um, virtually identical. It's just the quality of the lunch that is different. And, and that is, I think, the difference about working from home is that um, you know if you if your content is strong whether you're a financial planner a yoga teacher a trainer whatever it might be if your content is strong then the medium through which it's delivered almost melts into the background and you know there is always the the question mark over whether or not the other party that you are delivering that content to is distracted um, but again if your content is strong you'll hold their attention and that's something that I think financial planning firms um, need to focus on really is making sure that what you are delivering holds people's attention um, because the one thing that you don't get as easily on a virtual call is that immediate feedback you might miss those micro tells that suggest that the the other party is losing concentration or is thinking about something else it's not as easy to see and so switching your content regularly during a conversation, so talking about different things, changing the tone, changing the, the, the pace of what you're talking about with a client is really important, and pausing to give them the opportunity to speak, which is what I'll do now. Alistair, do you think that this is going to be changing the way, changing the sort of advice that you deliver, if that makes sense, not just in terms of whether you, you do it via video conferencing or not, but just in terms of you know, how you approach the proposition that you have, for example, or... I think that's a, a really interesting question. And there are a couple of things that this is leading us to review. And, and I think certainly across the board, we'll find financial planning firms, um, the, the, the phrase that I've heard used is working on the business a bit more, as well as working in the business, mm. if there is a little bit less to uh, of the day-to-day -day distraction, gives us a chance to review this kind of thing. So a couple of things we, we've, we've learned, despite our fairly tech-forward uh, approach, we are surprisingly reliant on paper. So we have paper files that all get scanned on and all get put onto our cloud-based software. However, the actual process of work going through the office is reliant on a paper packet effectively. And that has got to change. And I've felt that's had to change for a little while. Uh, and this is, a, this is a great catalyst for that change. And likewise, how we deliver our planning recommendations to clients, because we currently write, a, uh, we, we, ha we have great interactive financial planning sessions with clients, which we can do just as easily remotely, which is great, uh, but, we actually deliver a paper report with paper uh, enclosures, you know, that might run to, a, to um, a few tens of pages altogether with appendices and so on. And I'm sat here thinking, well, given that we're all using video to communicate, what if we had a presentation style financial planning report? How easy would that be to build? And would that add value in a way that a, you know, big weighty paper document maybe isn't doing at the moment? Yeah, I think it's really important to understand where the value of what we do is and how that is delivered. And you know, many firms will look at 
a big weighty paper well-bound document um, as something that they think that their clients really want and desire and that's something that the clients see value in but i think that the current circumstance demonstrates exactly where the value is and um, the one thing that i think that we should move away from and it's a it's a temptation at this time um, to talk about you know does a, a, a non-face-to-face contact have equal value to a face-to-face contact and should we be charging differently should there be a two-tier structure if we're not physically with somebody and my view on that would be no because i don't think that's the value that we really deliver Um, you know as financial planners um, we should be able to deliver the value in the client's outcomes and helping them to understand their outcomes and behaviors um, without the need for heavyweight documents face-to-face meetings or anything like that. So what this does, it strips back all of that stuff. And it effectively means that over the next few weeks and months, planners will be delivering the pure value of what they do. And that will hopefully help firms to really understand that if they don't have a clear angle on that right now. And Alistair, if you're using video conferencing more, paperless processes more, if you're becoming more efficient, does that change the calculation on the type of client you can serve? Maybe you can serve lower value clients. Yeah, I think that would require building a business designed for that. I think certainly adding efficiencies in is a great way to to improve a business. And it may change that profitability discussion at the margins of our kind of ideal clients and and how we like to work with people but i guess to echo what adam just said really you know the value that we provide is measurable and it's measurable and and the measurement will be the same whether that value is delivered digitally or face to face or uh, you know by by whichever medium we choose because the value is in the outcome the value is in the planning and in the process of getting clients from where they are today to where they want to be, or at least making that path much clearer. Yeah, I think it's really important, Damien, that we're, we're careful um, to to think through the process beyond the immediate. And you know, the immediate might be that actually, well, yes, firms can be more efficient, costs can be lower, therefore, can we pass that lower cost on to the client? And that would be great and, uh, and maybe an ideal. But over the next few months, a number of firms are um, likely to experience challenge. Um, from their own sustainability perspective, um, particularly if the the situation continues in the longer term. And so I think before we think about the ultimate cost saving of working more efficiently um, being passed um, necessarily directly to the client, I think that actually some firms should look at whether or not that brings a sustainability benefit, because I think that in the longer term benefits the client far more. And, you know, what we what we clearly need is a sustainable profession and a sustainable delivery model. And so if we can find efficiencies as a, as a profession, then ultimately that will pass down to benefits to the client. Um, I'm not entirely sure whether or not we should be first focusing on that being a cost saving or benefit immediately. I think that time will tell on that one. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, the the other the the elephant in the room, if you like, being that the vast majority of the financial planning professions uh, revenues are in some sense linked to stock markets. So the vast majority of advisory firms have seen 
or will see from this month onwards, their revenues fall anywhere between five and 25% uh, in terms of for their ongoing servicing of clients. So if there is some cost saving to improving those processes, then at the moment, I think that's likely to be exactly as Adam says, you know, feeding into keeping the businesses going, keeping them sustainable. Well, that's very interesting. Thank you very much, Adam, for taking part. And uh, thank you very much, Alistair, also for taking part. We hope you uh, both keep well. And thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Tune in again next week for the next edition of the FT Advisor podcast. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.